I want to share this morning about building our lives on the Word. I think you put it up there, right? There we go, perfect. Building our lives on the Word. Now, I hope that there's a lot of this that I'm about to share that is very, uh, very straightforward and hopefully understood by many. I don't make any assumptions, but I trust that when the Word of God is spoken, that each of us will have something happen inside of our hearts. And I know this because even for myself, having been reminded of this recently going through the Foundations course on Wednesday nights, it's been really good for those of you that are doing it. I hope it's been encouraging for you as well. It's just a fresh reminder of the foundations of our walk, the foundations of our Christian life, and what it means for us. And we live in a world right now that has very unsure foundations, very shaky foundations. Everywhere you look, truth has been eroded to the point where there's no longer truth. It is my truth or your truth. So you and I can have opposite truths, and it's okay because truth doesn't matter. It's just your truth, my truth. Everybody can live out their truth, which of course is false because truth is truth. There can only be one truth. And in this way, people have become free to replace truth with a narrative and share their opinions without consequence. And we see the effects of this just running rampant throughout the world. And it, it, it does happen in Christianity as well. You know, it's very easy. You, you open YouTube right now and you can find tons and tons of people sharing their opinions on a bunch of things relating to Scripture. Some right, some wrong. And we have to build our lives on the Word of God to have a sure foundation. And that's what I wanted to, to talk about this morning. Because that, that attempt is, it's not something that happens innocently. The enemy seeks to, to undermine truth in our lives, seeks to take that foundation that we build our lives on, and erode it to the place where he can say to us, as he said to Eve, did God really say that? I'm like, I don't know. That sounds about right. Sounds very similar. In fact, at times we even know when the enemy came to Jesus to tempt him that he used scripture. But he used it in a way that would have been disastrous if Jesus had not known how to counter him. And it's the same attack that he takes in our lives. And I would put it to you that if we don't know this word, if our lives are not built on it, we will easily be led astray. We'll easily be confused. We'll easily become conformed to the world's way of thinking. Because we're so inundated with it that after a while you're like, yeah, I'm used to that now. I understand. I see that a lot. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, men can be women. Women can be men. doesn't really matter. Just whatever you feel like doing today, you can do right? We know that's not true. And the Word of God is, is our foundation that helps us to stand in this time. And in fact, Jesus said very plainly, your Word is truth. Simple. And so we have a place where we can start from. The Word of God is truth. That can be our starting point. And we can begin to take this now and say, okay, I can have faith in this even though at times it might be challenging. And I'll talk about that as we go through here. In Hebrews 2, it says that it is, therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? I want to just stop on that there. That how we have to give careful attention lest we drift away. We cannot neglect this great salvation that has been given to us. Scripture says that angels long to look into it. Long to. 
And Jesus died on the cross for us to be saved, to be in the kingdom of God, to have everlasting life. How could I say, how dare we neglect this salvation? And I'm going to bring this back as I'm continuing to talk because it is, there is a part of it that is on us to continue to push in to the word, to the foundation, to build our lives in such a way that we are constantly working out our salvation with fear and trembling, as the scripture says. Paul, in his letter to Timothy, says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And I highlighted that word because I say the time is here when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And again, I, you know, I mentioned YouTube earlier. It's, it's the truth. Everywhere you go, there's people spouting off their opinions, spouting off this doctrine, that doctrine. Some of it is sound, some is not. How are we to know the difference? How are we to know what is real and what is not? How are we to take what is people's opinions and remove it to the side and say, okay, this is not accurate. The only way we can do this is by ourselves being founded on the word of God and being able to endure sound doctrine. And if you haven't been through the, the, the foundations course that we're doing, I highly recommend it. You know, it's, it's too late to come and join this class now, but it, we have all the sermons online. It's Derek Prince. He's, he's done this many, many times. Um, I, I invite you to go and listen to them. Go through it on your own. If you haven't been through those foundations, then it's a good time to do so. And if you have done it before, it's always a good time to do it. I've, I, I don't, I've come nowhere near to exhausting the Word of God, so I don't expect to look at that and say, oh yeah, that's fine, I know all this stuff. It's important for us to keep on building these strong foundations into our lives. And without that foundation, we can't grow on to maturity. And it's kind of interesting when you think that, that if our foundations are not strong... God will hold us there until we become mature enough to have that strong foundation. And that takes time. But until then, the scripture says that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And this is a, a sobering reminder to me. In fact, these first few scriptures, I find them, I find them all very sobering. Because it's very easy for us to get tossed to and fro if we don't have this strong foundation of the Word of God built into our lives. And it's not just a matter of the waves attacking us or, you know, in a sense, being attacked by the enemy or being overwhelmed by our circumstances. That's part of it. And that's part of what causes people to be tossed to and fro. All it takes is one global pandemic and everybody's gone willy-nilly, Right? Simple as that. And the Word of God is our strong foundation throughout all of these things, regardless of whether it's the wind or the waves or whether it's sickness or whether it's you know, spiritual things going on in our lives or whether it's the trickery of men and the deceitful and cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. All of these things can be shored up by us having our foundation in the Word of God. And I hope that as I'm speaking that you, be, that you can see how necessary this is for us. And the only way for us to counter this is to keep on building into this foundation. And God's word is that foundation. Now, this scripture you have all heard many times. 
Nick just preached this recently, actually not too long ago. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid to say it again because I do believe it is powerful. And it's going to highlight something that, is, that you're going to see coming throughout this entire session with me. Jesus said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Now bear with me, I know this is a lighthouse. Normally the analogy is supposed to be a house that people live in. But you just got to go look up lighthouses after. Don't do it now. Look it up after and see the waves battering these things and they stand strong and they cannot stand unless they are founded on the rock. Like that is, you know, the story of Bell Rock. I won't get into it now in Scotland, the lighthouse in Scotland. Look that one up after as well. That was a fascinating story. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And Jesus, when he's telling this story, when, he's, when he tells us again in Luke, Jesus says, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. How many of you here want to be unshakable in this world today? I know I do. I know I do. This is the only way. This is the only foundation we've been given, is to build our lives on Jesus Christ and on the Word of God and to become through God's power, strong enough to be able to withstand whatever can come our way. And that is one of the amazing testimonies that we have as Christians, is that we can stand strong when the whole world is being tilted upside down. Because the scripture says that God will shake everything so that only the unshakable remains. Only those feet that are standing on the rock will stand firm. And that to me is a promise that I want to lay a hold of in my own life. And I want to see each of you lay a hold of that in your lives as well. Continuing on here, God's word is sword and shield. Now, you might be wondering where I get this from. I promise I'll, I'll get to it because I, I find it very interesting that God has given us such an amazing offense and defense through his word. And this is the scripture that Dana just read. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. I just want to pause right there and ask you to remember that when you're on social media. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against the woke ideologies of the world. Those are spiritual things that we counter through prayer and through standing in the word of God. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, Stand. I love that. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Amen. So let me ask a question, rhetorical, you don't have to answer. How does faith come? Okay, somebody answer. How does faith come? Amen. There's Anne. Can't see you, but I can hear you, and I'm happy. 
Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? Word of God. Not my voice, not my opinions, not anybody else's opinions. Faith doesn't come through that. Faith comes only through the Word of God. And this is why I say that God's Word is both sword and shield, because faith, the shield of faith, comes from us hearing the Word of God and putting it into action. Because James says that faith, let me go back a sec, Romans 10, faith comes by hearing. James in chapter 2 says that faith is demonstrated by our doing. And I mentioned it earlier and I'm saying it again, that hearing and doing is tied very closely together. But some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Very practical, very simple. I love the book of James, so incredibly practical. If you have faith, you do what God says. It is pointless for us to say, I believe this and not do it. It makes a liar out of us. We know that. Take that in any, any practical aspect of your life. If you say that you're going to go left and you go right, well, you obviously didn't mean to go left. Correct? Amen. We take up this shield by soaking in God's word and doing what it says. And with this sword, we fight. And the scripture says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And it is only as we learn this word, this word of God, and have it in our hearts that we have a, a, a shield and a sword by which we can defend ourselves and by which we can fight effectively. And I encourage you with that. Even as Dana was sharing her testimony, she's fighting right now. She's fighting to hold and to take this victory that God has given her and to see it lived out in her life. She has to walk by faith. Each of us have to walk by faith. Each of us are confronted with things that are beyond our ability to handle. Whether it's circumstances that we're going through, whether it's breakthroughs that we're holding on for, whether it's loved ones that we're waiting to see saved, whether it's financial breakthrough, what, you name it. The Word of God has something in there by which you can hold on in faith and by which you can make declaration of truth and fight against doubt and fear and all of the nagging voices that come against you. Do you understand? Does that make sense? Yeah? Because it's very easy for us to, to become confused and to think that what's going on inside of our head is really just us. And as soon as we start to think that, we begin to give ground to the enemy. There has to be a time when you say, I do not care what is happening here. I'm going to take what the word of God says and I'm going to hold on to this word. I'm going to hold on to this promise and I'm going to declare what the word of God says. And you will find that the shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That is a promise that you can stand on. You cannot stand on your opinions. You cannot stand on the hopes and wishes of others. You can only stand on the word of God. And with that word, we make declaration. We fight against the enemy. Jesus himself, when, the enemy, when Satan came to tempt him, it is written. Plain and simple. We don't argue. We don't try to philosophize. Philosophize? I don't know. You know what I mean. We don't use philosophy. We don't use... Our own ideas. I heard this guy say this, and I, I think this is right. No, no. If it's here in the Word of God, 
I'm going to hold on to that and I'm going to fight with that. Not with my own opinions. And can I say not with your feelings? Can I say that? Because I tell you, man, my feelings lie to me a lot. I wake up this morning and I'm tired. Who cares? I don't. I've got things to do. I wake up this morning I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like going at it. It doesn't matter. The world doesn't stop because I'm not feeling happy. We have to get up and we have to go. And if you trust your feelings or if you rely on your feeling, oh, I'm not going to go to prayer meeting, I'm tired. Or I'm just feeling like, oh yeah, it's so busy, I'm really feeling it. Yeah, okay. So are we. I get it. Now come on, I'm not putting any condemnation on anybody, okay? But I want you to understand that your feelings will not lead you down the path of truth. The Word of God will lead you down truth. And I've said this before and I'll probably say it many times. There's been many, many times when I've been too tired to go to prayer. And I had to drag myself to go there on Wednesday night, and I've never once regretted it. Ever. I've regretted many movies. I've regretted me- watching many shows. And I was like, that was two hours of my life I'll never get back. And I've never once regretted coming out to prayer meeting. Ever. So I encourage you with that. I encourage you with that. God's Word is also a mirror. And again, doing and hearing is highlighted. Be doers of the Word. And not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And you remember when Nick preached using this, he had the the mirror and the guy with the salad in his teeth. I decided not to grace you guys with that one again, to use a different picture this time. But God is a mirror that exposes our condition. And this can be a little uncomfortable at times, many times actually. Especially when you open the word and, and you, know, you begin to read and you're like, it's cutting kind of close to home. It kind of fits where I am right now or what I'm doing or not doing. I encourage you with that. This is part of what it's meant to do. God's word, you know, in, in the foundations course, Derek Prince says that while we are reading God's word, God's word is discerning us. And why is that? Because the word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And I continued on to this next that next verse in verse 13, because there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and laid bare before the eyes and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And it starts with us surrendering. It starts with us humbling ourselves and saying, okay, Lord, you are God and I am not. If your word is saying something to me, it's not hidden from you. And I challenge you with that. Nothing that's going on in your life is hidden from God. Good, bad, and the ugly. He sees it all. And as we open the word of God, expect him to speak to you. Expect that the word of God will be living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, because it is. Not based on me saying so. The word of God says so. And humbleness is required. Humility is required of us. In Isaiah 66, I love this verse. He says, all things, For all things my hand has made, and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. 
There's a humility and a soberness that comes to opening the Word of God, in my heart at least. And there should be. Because this is the Word of God. It's not trivial. It's not light. It's not a novel that we pick up off the shelf and read when we want to. There is something of amazing power in God's Word. And we need to be ready for that. So what do we do? I love giving practical handles. I love at the end of the sermon in Acts 2, when Peter has gotten up and preached, that that they get up and they say, Brethren, what should we do? Give me something I can do. What, What do I do from here? Well, how do we do this? How do we renew our minds? How do we change our mindset? How do we learn to think and act as God does? It starts out by making a choice. Repentance is not a feeling of emotion. It is an act of our will. We choose to think the way God thinks, and we choose to turn around and go the direction that he tells us to go. Thank God if you have an emotional experience and you're crying and the Holy Spirit is on you and it's amazing. Those times are precious. But without that feeling, God is still God. And you have a choice to make. You have a decision to make. Whether you will change your mind to align with God himself or whether you will keep going down your own path. This almost seems like it's too easy. And I tell you, it's, it's remarkable how much we tend to over-spiritualize things that are very simple and straightforward. The way to build consistent habits in your life is to start small and build on it. It's easy as that. If all you do right now is read the verse of the day, amen. Good, that's a start. Start by maybe finding yourself a, um, a reading plan. The Bible app is great. I recommend it highly. It's got multiple translations. It's got audio Bibles, many different audio Bibles. It's got reading plans. You can, you can do all kinds of things. And if you're doing this much, then add a bit more to it. Continue to grow in this discipline and build it into your life. I find so often that the things of the kingdom can easily fall to the wayside if we don't build habits into our lives. Because if you're not building good habits, you're building bad habits. Right? It's pretty straightforward. I think, if, I think we all recognize that if we want to be fit, there are certain things we have to do. We have to eat right. We have to cut out the garbage. We have to maybe start walking if we haven't done so before. But if you've only been sitting on the couch for the last couple of years, you're not going to get up and run a marathon the first day. I remember I did the Couch to 5K app a while ago. It was, it was brilliant. Because you start out just walking. It's like just get out and walk for a few minutes. And then it builds and becomes more and becomes more and becomes more. And all of a sudden you have a, not all of a sudden, but over time, you have a habit that is built into you that changes your life. All because you'd made a decision, took that small step, and you built on it. Do it first. This might be a little controversial. I know there's night owls here. You might think that, you, you know, mornings are too early for you. You got to read the word at night. But if you're falling asleep reading the word, if you're falling asleep praying, it's not a spirit of sleep you need to cast out. You need to just Start doing it earlier. Maybe try waking up early. I don't know. It's asking a lot. I know. But have you seen a sunrise? They're beautiful. I recommend them highly. The one this morning was stunning, and it was worth waking up for, I tell you that much. Regardless of when you do it, jokes aside, you have to make consistent time to put God first in your life. You can listen to the word while you're on the bus, while you're heading to work, while you're at the gym. Whatever it, whatever it takes for you to get a consistent habit of, built, of putting God into your life, of putting the Word of God into your life, I challenge you and encourage you to do it. I mentioned this earlier, submit to the Word. It's challenging. 
There will be things there that you'll read that you won't understand, as do I. There's many things in the Bible I don't understand. I trust God. I leave it to him for the parts that I don't get, and I push into the parts that I do get. And I try to understand the pieces that are confusing to me or a challenge to me. Don't discard portions of the word because it is uncomfortable or you feel like, eh, I'm sure that's just Old Testament or maybe that's not really modern, so I'm going to just drop these pieces because that's not what the modern world is. No, no, no. We go to the word of God. We humble ourselves before it. We take God for his word, and we allow him to speak into where these pieces fit into our lives today. Remember that hearing is not the same as doing. You are faced now with a challenge leaving here today because you have heard something that requires you to put something into action. And I'm not going to follow up with anybody, but you, it's on you. You can do this. You can build into your lives the consistency that is required to build the Word of God into you. And if you're doing it already, great. I encourage you to do more. I encourage you with finding, you know, find a book of the Bible and just pick it apart. Find a good commentary that you can trust. You know, find maybe a book that goes along with it. Find, find um, commentaries and videos that explain it and dive deep. You know, use, use an app like the Blue Letter Bible to look at the original Greek and Hebrew and see what those words mean. You don't necessarily have to become a scholar in Greek and Hebrew, but any one of us can go and find a Bible online that can show us what the original Greek and Hebrew was. There's lots that we can gain from learning more about the Word of God. And I encourage you with that to dig deeper. Just like that scripture says with our foundations, we dig deep onto the rock. And we just, this is, there's this action of digging deep. Not just being satisfied with having a surface level, but digging ourselves deeply into this rock and memorizing it. And finally, this is it. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. It takes time. It takes time. And you know, I say that understanding what the practical life is like. I'm 40-something. 46. I, old enough that I have to do math. I'm 46. You know, and I have decades of habits built into my life. Decades. You don't turn those around in a moment. And sometimes God does amazing things where he just like changes something overnight. And it's amazing when he does. But we can't expect that for the things where we need to grow and to mature. We need to be willing to put the work in, to put the effort in, to co-labor with God, to partner with him, to say, Lord, you are doing something in my life and I am not going to neglect this amazing salvation you have given me. And the reason why we have to be patient is because, like I said, it takes time. And if you're struggling with things and you're like, oh, this is so annoying. How am I still struggling with this after two years, after three years, after five years? Amen. God will bring you through. He is committed to completing the work that he has begun in you. That is scripture. And you can take that. And when your feelings are telling you that you are not good enough, you're not far enough, you're not strong enough, you're not holy enough, you're not devoted enough, and there's lots of things that, you're, that your feelings and the enemy can tell you. At some point, you have to pick up the word of God and say, no, I don't care if I'm not enough. He is enough. It is in my weakness that he is made strong. So Paul says, I'm going to glory in my weakness. Right? And that's where we need to get to. We need to understand that it's not us, it's him. And because he is working before, it is God that works in you, both to will and to do of his great pleasure. We joyfully co-labor with him 
to see this lived out in our lives. Amen? Amen. Please stand. Let's pray together, and then we can worship. Lord Jesus, we humble ourselves before you. You are the word from the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And we humble ourselves before you. Even as you speak to us, and Holy Spirit, as you speak to every heart, that there will be conviction, that there will be life, that there will be joy. And Lord, I thank you that you are with us in the journey, that you never leave us nor forsake us, that you are committed to completing the work that you began until the day of Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we are not enough, but you are sufficient, and your power is made perfect in our weakness. So we can boast in our weakness because the power of Christ is just flourishing inside of us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Just as we worship here, just honor, we just honor the Lord. We honor him with our words. We honor him with our hearts. If God is putting something on your heart that you need to deal with, you need to repent of, please do. It is a very precious thing when God's spirit begins to touch our hearts on things that he wants us to repent of. And as we worship together, we'll have people down here to pray, to pray with you if there's things that are going on in your life that you want us to pray through with you or if you have that shoulder pain that that, uh, Kira was mentioning, please come down so we can pray. Let's worship the Lord together.